Welcome to the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. I'm your host, Lonnie Swain. I'm a media personality, correspondent, and digital influencer. My career has required that I make many cross-country relocations, starting out in my hometown of New Orleans, going to Baltimore, St. Louis, Chicago, Dallas, and ultimately back to New Orleans. I've had to start over and reinvent myself many times, which has made for interesting experiences, opportunities, and of course, some obstacles. The purpose of this show is to remind you that everyone has to go through something to get some I'll share my personal testimonials, trials, and tips, and invite guests to share theirs, all in hopes of inspiring you to live your best and most authentic personal and professional life, encouraging self-love and self-care. Thank you so much for listening. Now let's get into the show. So everyone has had the dilemma of looking for a J-O-B. Right now, the job market is really, really competitive. I know people who are overqualified and not getting the callbacks that they should be getting after all the jobs that they've been applying for, the interviews they've been going on. And so today's guest is going to help us figure out what it is we might be doing wrong in that process. Lucretia Davis is a career coach, success mentor, and speaker who helps job seekers all over the world navigate the corporate landscape to create the life and career they've always dreamed of. She's also the author of the tell-all career strategy book, guiding job seekers through the entire process of landing their dream job. It's titled, Who Needs a Career Coach Anyway? Lucretia, tell us, how did you get into helping people find jobs in 90 days or less? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Lonnie, for having me. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So I decided to get in this work after working in the recruiting industry. Okay. So if you are familiar with the agency recruiting industry at all, you may know some of the pains that job seekers feel in this market today because there are so many recruiters that are coming up and the industry is becoming more and more competitive and it's just becoming like really sales driven. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are getting ghosted, going on interviews, talking with companies and following up a couple of days later and never hear from the recruiter again. So people want to know why that happened. So I come with that perspective and I was also a job seeker who increased my salary by over 70% after working in a job that I hated. So, yeah. So I bring the perspective of the the recruiters, the hiring uh, perspective, and also the job seeker that had to figure out how can I make this work, especially the situation that I put myself in. I actually hated my job so bad that I left without having another one. Okay. And was this the job as the recruiter? The job as the recruiter? No, no, no. This was um, another job that I had um, after. Actually, I had my recruiting job after that. So before, prior to that, I was working in compliance, uh, like corporate governance. It has some HR to it as well, but it's more like the compliance side of things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I decided that I wanted to get more on the people side of it. Mm-hmm. And I was just so miserable at my job mm-hmm. that I just, I was like, okay, 
I'm, <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> this yeah. place is stressing me out. And I don't even have the energy to put that best foot forward to really find the opportunity that I truly want because I'm so drained by this job. Mm -hmm. So I ended up landing an opportunity within four weeks of leaving a job uh, without having an, having another one. So, oh wow, that's what I made it work for myself. It's a leap of faith, and it was the best decision because, like I said, I increased my salary tremendously. So, well, congratulations! Thank you. And that seems to be, I just want to take a little pause, praise break right quick, because mm -hmm. that seems to be a recurring theme with guests and with myself even as well, as far as thinking we're setting out on one path and, and getting a, a career going in one role or a certain title and on, on a certain side of a field. And then we get into it and we're like, I don't like this at all. This mm -hmm. is like a terrible fit. But yep. it's so crazy how that experience was definitely necessary to be the catalyst for what's to come next. And Absolutely. even though we don't, we might not realize it in the very moment when we're in the thick of things, in the trenches, hating every day that we have to report to work, but it's mm -hmm. like that's preparing you for your next thing and going to make you that much better and better equipped to do your next opportunity and your true passion and calling because of that experience and that knowledge you gain from that. So yeah. I love that. So now tell me from, from all of your experience on being on both sides of it, what would you say are three things that people might be doing in their application process, whether it be from filling out the application to following up or not following up, going on the interview? What are three common things you've seen people do that are probably hindering their ability to get hired? The first and foremost thing, because this is the thing that is going to set the tone for your entire job search, how you write the resume, how you're going to prep yourself for the interview. And that is really understanding your industry, understanding your target role. So for example, I meet a lot of job seekers that say, hey, Lucretia, I want to work in marketing. Well, there are so many categories of jobs that fall under that marketing umbrella. For example, public relations, media relations, then you have the strategic roles, then you have the creative director roles, then you have communications, and the list goes on. So you have to really understand that there are so many different functional areas in your industry and really deciding what do I want to do there. So I think that's where it starts. Um, looking past the fact that you want to work in human resources or law, you know, um, or marketing, but really carving out that plan. I think that's the first thing. And how does somebody do that if mm -hmm. they, you know, especially they're coming out of college and they're just being taught theory and they have no experience on the floor. And I think that that's really when you figure out what it is that you actually enjoy doing. Right. Yeah. So I say check in with with other people that are in the industry. Um, you could do informational interviews. So reach out to people that have careers in marketing and talk to them about what their experiences are like. 
that's also networking. <laughs> Maybe you could get an introduction that's later on down the line and networking is something that I really, really want to talk about, but we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but reaching out for informational interviews, but also doing your research about your field and learning about the different types of positions that you could have and what they mean, what you feel is best aligns with what you want to do or what you feel you can do best and take it from there. And then even, you know, start to dissect that position to get a real good understanding of, okay, what are all the skills and experiences that I can talk about on my resume or the interview? Mm -hmm. Um, So that, like I said, that's going to set the tone for how you write your resume, how you're going to network, how you're going to brand yourself on the interview. So Mm -hmm. that's the first first, first thing. So think about like your industry. So what would you say your industry is sort of like entertainment industry, would you say? Yes, I would definitely say entertainment. And unfortunately, that is a very, very, very broad umbrella. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So just think about it. You can't just come out and say, hey, you know, I know I want to work in entertainment. Yeah. And um, okay. You need to know what you truly want to do so you can understand what you need to do to get there. Mm-hmm. And that's been a long journey to figure out. Let me tell you that. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, <laughs> started out that um, I knew I was never good at or really interested in math or science. I was like, I know my career is not going to involve either of those. Mm-hmm. And I took a communications, a, a radio TV class in high school. And we were producing radio commercials. We were making television commercials on a green screen. We were making cameras out of shoeboxes and editing video and doing on-camera stuff. And I was like, I love this. This doesn't feel like work. I could do anything in this field. And I went into college and majored in communications. But I had no clue, Lucretia, what that was going to look like, what I was going to do with that. And I honestly felt like I was interested in all of it. Mm. So I initially started my career in commercial radio and broadcast radio. So um, WGCI in Chicago. I remember hearing your voice over (laughs) on WGCI. Yeah. Yes. And so I did that for about 15 years. And I didn't know what was next. And see, you know what's also so interesting and crazy? That probably when you were in school and when you were younger and and growing up thinking, what can I be in the world? A career coach probably wasn't even something that was talked about as a list of possibilities. It was not. It was not at all. Podcasting surely (laughs) wasn't on my, you know, that wasn't a thing. Yeah. The world is evolving and, you know, who knows what, what the two of us might be doing 10 years from now might be something that we don't know anything about today. Absolutely. You are 100% (laughs) right. I swear when I left that first job that I was telling you about, I was there for a minute Mm -hmm. and I had been studying for my real estate license. I knew I wanted to do real estate on the side, whatever I do. Mm and but human resources, I had finished my MBA in human resources management. Okay. So I knew I wanted to work in 
talent acquisition, uh, employee relations type of role. Mm -hmm. And when I think about it, this is kind of the job that I created for myself as a career coach. Exactly. It's still a job in human resources (laughs) and it's an extension of things that I've learned in school and recruiting gave me a really good perspective on things too that allows me to help my clients. So Absolutely. And so sometimes I tell people when you are having difficulty being hired, it might be that you have to create your own thing. Mm-hmm. That, yep. that oh is my gosh. today yes. in this world, 2018, that's always an option. That <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because I swear I was just telling somebody this, but I felt like, honestly, I've always had really good jobs. I've, I was always able to, to get good jobs. Mm-hmm. And I would stay at those jobs for some time, but I never felt like, let me just say this, the thought of staying at that job for like 30 more years <laughs> yeah. was just frightening to me. Mm-hmm. And I honestly thought, I was like, am I a piece of shit? Like there's so <laughs> many people that stay on their jobs for 20 years and people that I work with today. And I'm just like, I don't think I'm that person. But then I learned that, you know, well, you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner. So mm-hmm. that's why. But at the time I was like, oh my gosh, I can't understand why something's always missing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And could you, when you have clients come in and they say similar things, you know, is that the direction that you encourage them to go in? Or how does that work from a career coaching perspective when someone's saying, yeah, I'm going on all these jobs and I don't feel that any of these titles describe what I would like to do? Yeah, absolutely. I had a client who was working with me on getting a new job, but then we ended up creating a website for her, getting her a business resume, a business plan, and because she had a lot of experience in her industry. And so we decided on a consulting career for her. And the company that she put her notice in with became her first client, became her first contract. So some people don't think about reaching out to their networks like that so mm-hmm. and yeah. that's where you were going into networking but she said I'm gonna still get paid by y'all I'm just not gonna be on the exactly <laughs> exactly like y'all need me so right. mm-hmm. exactly but when clients come to me in those situations I don't push entrepreneurship on everyone because it's not for everyone mm-hmm. so people that come to me that are confused about what they truly want to do sometimes it means that They were somebody like me that just wasn't really happy in the uh, corporate sector or whatever. And there are also some people that just truly don't know what they want to do or what they can do or what makes sense for them. So, you know, I also help them through that process. And that usually, you know, motivates them. Okay. And now I had dinner with a girlfriend fairly recently and she's going through a job transition. And she said to me straight up out the gate, you know, yeah, I'm transitioning from my last job, but I know entrepreneurship ain't for me. Mm -hmm. How do you identify that in your clients and help people to identify that for themselves? If entrepreneurship is, they need to just take that off the plate. That's a really good question. 
with me, for the most part, I, I think about different streams of income. And I think people should always have that mindset, whether you have a full-time job or not. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think if I wanted a job, I could have a job and my company would still run well because of how things have been set up now. There are some people that are you know, have six figure side hustles and, you know, all that stuff going on. But you don't have to want to build this like massive other stream of income. But I always think I always encourage people to do something outside of their professional career, whether it is joining boards, that's something that adds to their leadership, whether it is some type of skill that they have that they can start monetizing on the side. And that's good for them. They get to make some extra money. So I always encourage people to do something else. But obviously, if you're the person that want a full-time job, you have to get settled in that part first and then, you know, go from there. To go back to our things that people do that are hurting them in their job search once they've decided a full-time job is for me, they identified the title that they want to seek a position under and how can they be better optimizing their networks and they're not? So reaching out to people you've worked with that have uh, transitioned to other companies, you may want to know about if they can get some type of introduction to their company. They may know about some opportunities in the industry. Even when I'm working with clients on a coaching level, I think it's always good to network with other people within their their industries, whether it's like a past uh, colleague, past boss, or even people that they don't know at, at networking events, LinkedIn, and things like that, because you just never know the opportunities that may come in. I like to tell people that people that you don't know may be able to do more for you than people that are like, that you see every single day. So you just never know what could happen if you reach out, especially if you've worked with somebody and they know what you can do. So I think people forget about that. And professors, if you're early in your career, college professors, you know, networking with them, as well. Oh, informational interviews too. So people forget about that. I just danced on it a little bit, but just to expand on it a little bit more, this could be for somebody who wants to go into a new field, right? They want to learn more about this job and if it's actually something they really even like would would like to do. Before they commit to it. (laughs) Before they commit to it. But it's also networking too. If you decide, okay, after this conversation, this is great. You know, I do want to continue on and, you know, try to pursue this or what have you. You could talk to the person about their experience and their job search. You can know about companies they've applied to. So some companies or ideas may come up that you never even thought about. You may also get some insight into like what's going on in the industry, what they really want to see, you, you know, skills you need to carry, so on and so forth. So I think people forget about that too. And social media, Mm. social media is huge. Mm -hmm. I would say especially LinkedIn because that's like my main platform, but it's obviously a job. It's obviously a platform for job seekers or connecting professionals. So professional networking, I should say, not for job seekers, but letting your network know that you are available for opportunities. Some people don't feel like it's taking them too much out of their comfort zone 
to write out a status saying like, hey, I'm on the job market. Does anybody know about something? Some people feel like that's too vulnerable. Okay, well then you could actually like search your job title and find other people that work at companies you want to work for, do what you do and target people to have conversations with. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I think that you mentioned about that vulnerability piece, I think that even hinders people in the person-to-person networking, because I think that in this day and age of social media and things like that, people want everybody to think they're living their hashtag best life. And looking for a job or being unemployed does not usually fall under what that idea of living my best life looks like. So I think people are reluctant to say, hey, I'm unemployed, I'm looking for a new opportunity or No, I know Mm -hmm. I I say every day, hashtag, I love my job when I post photos, but I really don't or, Mm -hmm. you know, just this this shame about it. And I think that that's what's kind of hurting them from from making that connection. So maybe is there any approach for the person that's not wanting to be that vulnerable, a more subtle approach, I guess? Yes. If you don't want to reach out to your extended network, like people you used to work with, et cetera, et cetera, then that's fine. I think another good form of networking is like the informational interviews we talked about. So those are people that you don't really know. And if with that, like when I think it's not a matter of feeling vulnerable, I think they feel like it's silly (laughs) reaching out to people that they don't know to talk about their experiences. So I think that people just need to see the value and that more. But as far as like being, being able to let people know that you're out there on the market without being so vulnerable on LinkedIn, you could privately signal to recruiters that you're open to opportunities. So it's private and you literally just click on open to opportunities or what have you. Um, And it's a private note to let recruiters know the type of jobs that you're interested in. So you can do that. And then on your profile, you don't have to put open to opportunities and all that. And I have clients that I don't do that for because I know it's not their personality to, to be that way and say, Hey, open to opportunities or what have you. So you can do that. And then you can also start joining the conversations on social media so that If you find somebody that, you know, you exchange a few comments with or you find interesting and you feel comfortable with reaching out to them, then you can do that. But another person that you need to reach out to as a job seeker would be recruiters. People hate recruiters, Uh (laughs) though. <laughs> but they oh, your friend. people hate recruiters though but there are some really good recruiters out there there are a lot of bad ones but there are some really good recruiters out there and i honestly i know some recruiters that have helped friends of mine get high level positions i i actually had a recruiter recruiter help me get a position even as someone who was a recruiter <laughs> um I, I i use recruiters i refer my clients to trusted recruiters that i know have helped land my clients some opportunities so just doing that but also knowing what questions to ask recruiters to, to weed them out like they do you. So you can ask some screening questions to learn whether they actually have a true opportunity 
you know, that they're working on or whether they're just using your information as a sales tool for them to build a relationship with the company. Um, so you just want to ask them if they've, how many candidates have they sent on an interview with the company? That'll give you an idea about if the company has had ever had any interest in any of their candidates or if they actually has had some traction with the company or relationship, whatever. You can ask why the position is open. They probably won't have that relation, that, that information if they don't have a true relationship with the company. So they may have some, um, they will have some insight into how long the seat has been open, why it's been open. So ask that kind of question to see if they can even give you a response and ask if they place somebody. When's the last time you placed somebody with this company? Or what was the last position you've um, filled for this company to see if they've ever did? And if they're just kind of like, they get offended or if they can't really answer the question, then it's probably not with all due respect, you know, a recruiter that is seasoned enough to help you. Okay, all good things to note. And now my last and final one of hiring process mistakes on the interview. Anything that you think you've seen time and time again that people do that hurts them from getting hired during the actual interview process? Yes, they forget to come up with their story, meaning why they are looking for a new opportunity, really being able to check in with themselves and say, hey, you know, what is missing from my last company? And being able to communicate that in a way that's not raising red flags to the company, that something may be going on. And also too, that it's not some canned answer about wanting to go somewhere where there's more opportunity. So that if you may have an employment gap right now, what some of the things you may be doing, like how you're spending your time, why you're off and what led to you know that separation, why you want to work for the company. I think some people just look at some information on the website. Well, yeah, I really love your mission and it matches with mine. Well, you know, you have to do better than that. So get creative, you know, learn about something that they have in the press or something unique about the company, something about their values or something other than knowing that the company is growing questions as well. Being able to ask really good questions that help you stand apart from the people that are going on there asking, well, what do you like about working here? Asking those questions that help them see that you really want to know how to be successful in that role and what it actually looks like to work in that that role. So showing that curiosity and relating to the interviewer that way. And then also that's the last thing relating to the interviewer, making sure that you don't forget about the connection, that you're not just going in there, I'm Lucretia Davis and I'm a career coach, success mentor and speaker. Like, no, you know, relax, be yourself and um, seek a connection and a conversation versus uh, a Q&A interview. One thing the career coach in me just wants to say that follow up. <laughs> Okay. That follow up on those applications, people, it is one of the like my top five mistakes I feel people, you know, make. So, but yeah, I think we covered everything. And and with that follow up, do you specify that it needs to be a phone call, an email, a handwritten letter? It needs to be an email or um, something through a LinkedIn email. Okay. Um, so you could follow up the first time to let them know that you submitted your application, you can do that within five to seven days of sending it out. 
Um, that's your first follow-up. The second follow-up will be um, status of your application. Uh, the third follow-up will be, you know, assuming you haven't heard back and if you still, you know, want to work for the company, let them know that, you know, to keep you in mind for other opportunities that would be a good fit. So that's the cycle I like to follow with following up. Awesome. Well, if someone is listening and they are in the, the thick of things as far as their job search, they'll be happy to know that Lucretia has a book. It's called Who Needs a Career Coach Anyway? In the book, you'll learn how to define your dream career, write a resume, cover that works, job hunt smarter, not harder. Leverage your LinkedIn, master the interview process, negotiate sales and salary increases. Um, you also do career development, leadership training, LinkedIn training, hiring, recruiting, and retention. So many things. If someone wants to get in contact with you to figure out how you can help them get hired in 90 days, how do they do that? Yes, social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook, Lucretia Davis and Co. I'm also on LinkedIn as Lucretia Davis. My personal email is Lucretia at LucretiaDavis.com. So it's L-A-K-R-I-S-H-A at L-A-K-R-I-S-H-A-D-A-V-I-S.com. My website is LucretiaDavis.com as well to learn more about my book and all of my service offerings. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. Please visit my website, LonnieSwain.com, where you can sign up for my monthly newsletter, check out companion blog posts, show notes, and lots of other cool stuff. This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Buzzsprout, CastBox, Anchor, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and my website. I love and appreciate all of your feedback, so don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Until next time, go where you are celebrated and appreciated, not just tolerated. Talk to you soon.